Could use a table leader over here. Nancy, would you be so kind? All right. Anybody else? You guys want a leader over here? All right. Can I have? Uh... Yes, right back here. Either Kathy or Carol. That would be awesome. Yep. Join a table over here. All right. Kathy, would you join them over here with Joy? All right. Good. See, I like to put y'all together. So much more fun. Come on, girls. All right. How we doing? Everybody feel good? All right. If you don't have an appointed table leader, just be one. Leaders rise, okay? And it's just a facilitating thing. We just want someone to help us walk through the discussion questions that are on your table. Our ladies, I'm going about to introduce to you someone who is just an amazing woman of God and whom I've gotten a chance to know over the years. Um, Lori and her husband have actually graduated from Karis Bible School, uh, which is Andrew Womack's Bible School. And I'm very jealous because if I could take two years off of my life, that's exactly where I would go. But um, and she's just, she's full of so much of the Word of God. She is a fountain. She is a fountain and it just pours out of her. And just welcome her as she comes. She's gonna walk us through Psalm 91, our fourth section here. So take it away, Lori. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna sit. All right. I just wanna say worship was so powerful. I could have just stayed right in that place the whole time. Did you sense the peace of God through worship? There was just such a sweet, sweet presence of him. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and one of God's names is Jehovah Shalom. And that shalom is not just peace like we think. It means complete healing and wholeness, where there's nothing missing, nothing broken. And so that's just who he is, and that's what he has for us today. And um, I just want to say thank you, worship team. And Pastor Karen, as I've told you before, you have such an anointing to worship with the flute. And that was just a gift from the Lord to me, if anything, but for the whole body as well. So thank you for doing that. So I want to just start. We just had amazing worship, but this is what the Lord has put on my heart, so I'm just going to go with him. Uh, I'm going to play a song, and I just want us to let everything go, knowing that this is a safe place. And we've talked about that before on Thursday mornings, women's ministry. This is a safe place. And God just wants you to have an open heart to receive all that he has for you today. Because as good as worship is, and I could just stay there, I know he has a word for you this morning. And so just stay with that. But I'm going to play this song, and I just want us to cast all of our cares over onto Jesus because he cares for us. And let's just put our focus and attention on the Lord. So I'd like you to close your eyes and not pay any attention to anyone around you. This is for you to receive personally. I'll run to the
thank you that you are our hiding place. Your secret place is your love. It's your love for us as we sang about how great is the Father's love for us. That you are a giving Father. And so we just receive what you have for us this morning. We open our hearts, we open our eyes, we open our ears to receive all that you have for us this day so we can leave changed. Thank you, Father. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd put up the first slide of slide non, uh, the Psalm 91, before I get into the last three verses, I want us to read aloud together the first and second verse of Psalm 91. Okay. So let's read that together. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him I will trust. Pastor Karen did a great job teaching on how we are to abide in him. And to abide or dwell means that we are to live there and not just visit. And I love that my good friend Dwell is sitting right here today because when I see her, I think of her as just such an expression of that. She lives in the love of God and she is training her beautiful daughter and five sons to abide in that secret place. And it's just such a beautiful picture. Pastor Karen also discussed that there are four different names of God that are revealed in just those two verses. Most High, 
Elyon means there is no higher than God, the possessor of heaven and earth. Almighty is Shaddai, the God who blesses you more than you can contain. And I think of Ephesians 3.20 that says, God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can imagine or ask for according to the power that lives in you or that works in you. God is Lord, meaning capital L-O-R-D. And when you see that in the Old Testament, that is Yahweh. That is the most revered name to the Jewish people. They didn't even, they, they would just pronounce the letters, yud heh vav heh because it was so holy to them and is so holy to them. And that means that God, Yahweh, Lord, is a covenant-keeping God. And then finally, God, Elohim, is the God of power, the creator. This is the God that we're first introduced to in Genesis 1, where God says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness to have dominion over the earth. That is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And I'm going to be introducing to you another new name that God has hidden in this psalm. And this just blesses me every time I think about his name. Because God is all-powerful, and he is calling us into a lifestyle to live in his presence, to have a deeper and more intimate relationship than we had even yesterday. And today is a new day, ladies. No matter what was there yesterday, his mercies are new every day. And he was putting that so strong on my heart during worship that today is a new day. The blood of Jesus covers our past. Praise God. So I wanted to show you this image Because no matter what is going on in us, when we can see the vastness of Creator God, that He is the Most High, Almighty, Lord God, everything just shrinks. And I think of Isaiah 49, 16 that says, See, I have engraved you in the palm of, or on the palm of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. And I like the voice translation that says, look here. That means pay attention and imagine and visualize and see it. Look here, I have made you a part of me, written you on the palms of my hands, like tattooed. Your city walls are always on my mind, always my concern. Danielle did a great job talking about the protection and refuge of God, that he is our shield and buckler. And we love the image of the bird, that we were covered, the, the, its little ones were covered by its wings and protected. And it was adorable. So, I also have a cuteness factor that I want to introduce. I was looking at something, uh, someone had posted something on Facebook and I was looking at that and wasn't paying attention. This just happened to come up. Yeah. Just happened to, right? So this is a little coconut. She is two days old filly. But when Pastor Karen was up here the first time, she had an example of being in the shadow and how close that is. I want you to see 
this mother and how the mother is with her baby. And the baby has a shield bright white on, all his babies. on her chest. Little coconut has a shield. They even call it a shield on her chest. You gotta wait for it, it's coming. But look at where everywhere the baby goes, the mom's there. And what you don't see in the background is the father watching the whole time too. There it is. Go little coconut. <laughs> and here the mom, she's <laughs> always communicating. All right, thank you. I want to share with you my first experience of Psalm 91. Uh, back in 2007, I had a friend give me a, a cling to put on my wall that I would speak verses of God's protection over my twin boys. And I would do that, you know, just all the time. And really wouldn't think very much of it, but would just proclaim and speak God's word. And it wasn't until 2011, uh, it was just the boys and I, and they were nine years old at the time. We live in Ada, and we had gone downtown, and we were coming back, and we were, uh, the house that we were living in, we were real close to that house. And you know where Amway is? There's a, um, there's a light, and then there's a little fire station right there. So the light had turned yellow, and so we were slowing down. We were almost stopped, and then all of a sudden, a truck going over 50 came and smashed us. And once we got our bearings straight, I look back to my boys and check, and they're okay. But what was amazing is my entire back end was smashed, and no glass had come forward. The whole seat in front of my son, or back seat in front of them, was completely, there was about less than a foot protecting them. And my son said, Mom, it was like a force field protecting us. And I said, it was. It was God and his angels protecting us, keeping back all harm and injury and danger. We walked out of there unscratched. My van was completely totaled. And as we were getting our bearings straight, I grabbed the boys and we walked over to the side of Amway. The police, thankfully, the, the fire department was right there. And um, Fireman Dave, he, we had known him because the boys had done a preschool, a couple of different preschool events there. So I recognized Fireman Dave. And he had taken us over to the side of the lawn and we were there and I'm just you know, checking them out, making sure, okay, you're all good, it's okay, it's okay. He comes over to me and he hands me, I, had, I always carried a, a little blue Bible in my van. And he handed the Bible to me and he said, this is your most prized possession. And he hands me my Bible. And my other twin son, Ryan, said, Mom, read the scripture where God says he will take care of us and protect us. So right there on the side of the lawn of Amway, which I am the way, the truth, and the life, we proclaimed out loud and read Psalm 91, and we had a praise and worship party, just the three of us. Yes. Yes, praise God. That day, those verses weren't just something I was declaring. 
that became so real to me and my children, and they still remember to this day his love and protection for us. So Psalm 91 is a reality for us, not just a hope that we declare. Today I'm gonna talk about really just two things. And they are pretty simple, but they're very profound. The first one is God's promises of protection. And the second is God's love for you. And how much God loves us I had prayed, because we don't talk, you know, worship and whoever's speaking, they don't coordinate their messages with the worship. And I had just been praying for you ladies, and I just said, Lord, I just pray that worship will just focus on the love of God for us. Isn't he good? I love Holy Spirit. In order for you to understand the promises that God has for you as a believer, you must understand his personal love for you. We often look at our relationship with God and how we love God, but we have to focus on how much God loves us. God's protection is not dependent upon us fulfilling the condition of loving God perfectly, because we can't. We receive his protection and his love based on what Jesus did and how Jesus loved God perfectly. That's the secret place. The emphasis of the new covenant is on God's love for you, not your love for God. 1 John 4.10 says, in this love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Jesus loved God perfectly, and we receive all that he did for us on our behalf by placing our faith and our trust in him. We all can quote John 3.16, and that the main purpose Jesus came to us was to show us God's love. Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 1 John 4, 8, God is love. His nature and character and everything he does is based solely out of his love for us, not our merits or what we can do for God. It's his character, it's his nature, and it's just an expression of him. I want to talk about what a promise means. A promise, the definition of a promise is both a noun and a verb. The noun is, a promise is a declaration or assurance that one will do a particular thing or that a particular thing will happen. A verb, the definition of a promise, is the assure, assure someone that one will definitely do give or arrange something, undertake or declare that something will happen. Some other words are to give one's word, to swear, pledge, vow, undertake, guarantee, contract, engrave, give an assurance, 
commit oneself, bind oneself, take an oath, covenant, to give good grounds for expecting that a particular occurrence or situation. See, too often we can humanize God because we have been promised things by people, even loved ones, even parents, people who love us. And those promises didn't come true or weren't fulfilled. So it causes disappointment. But God doesn't want us to associate that with him because his promises are sure and steadfast. And that in Christ, all of the promises are yes and amen in Christ. So it's important that we understand the nature of God, who is giving the promise because that is what we rest upon. On the back of your uh, discussion questions, there is a um, personalized, Trisha did such a great job last week in talking about how she personalizes Psalm 91. And I, that's, that's one of the most strongest things that I can encourage you to do is put your name in it. And it's something that I declare at least something of it every day. If I don't read the whole thing, if anything, I just say, I thank you, Father, that I dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. I rest in the shadow of Almighty God. I will say, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my God in whom I trust. Just to benefit my heart and to know um, I personalize that for you. You can either choose to read it from the voice in which the psalm is, or you can turn it to keep personalizing. Because what we're going to talk about there, this part of the psalm, there's a voice shift, and it's very unique to the psalm. Well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but you can, there's just examples of there of how you can personalize it. So let's talk about that verse 14. Let's go into that. I have um, the slide for verse 14, please. Okay. I have this in the Amplified Bible. For a specific reason for, pe for teaching today. I don't say this when I say the psalm. I just read it from the New King James Version because that's, that's the Bible that I use. But I want to use it in the Amplified Classic Version because there's things that we, I want to emphasize here. So first of all, in, voice, in, excuse me, in verse 14 through 16, there's actually a voice shift. The previous verses are all of, I will declare, I will say this, this, this. But now we have a voice shift. Typically, the Psalms are all about the author expressing their feelings and thoughts to God. But here, God is actually speaking. And so we have to understand that it's God's response. And what is he saying? Because he has set his love upon me, so because you have set your love upon the Lord, I, let's stop right there for a second. 
what does set his love upon him mean? Because we have all these things of, well, okay, it could mean this, it could mean that, but let me tell you what it means in the Hebrew. To set your love means to cling, to be joined together, to cleave, to be attached with very great love. So when I said the word cleave, what happens to your mind? Where do you go? A marriage, right? That a husband will leave his mother and father and cleave to be joined in union with his wife. That's what it's talking about here. That union, that relationship, that great love. And to set means we designate, we fixate, we direct our mind towards, we focus our attention on. Like we're to set our mind on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And the more conscious of God's love for you personally, the more protection is going to be evident and the more joy that's going to be evident in your life. And we think about when someone falls in love. So can you picture that? It's all that person thinks about. If you've ever been to a restaurant and you're seeing two people that are in love, and you can definitely tell they haven't been married long enough or, or they're dating, right? Because they're just, they're just looking at each other's eyes and they're all googly and they're just so focused on each other. That's what God has for us. It's that intimate love, deep relationship that he wants to get deeper and deeper and deeper to fall in love with Jesus. And that's what changed my life, to fall in love with Jesus. That is our part. We first choose to become born again, to be united with Christ. But then we fix our eyes on Jesus by meditating on his word day and night, to always be thinking on him, to think his thoughts, because his thoughts are higher than ours, our natural thoughts. His ways are higher than our natural ways. To talk to others about Jesus. One of the things that really transformed my marriage was when I stopped trying to say, hey, you should listen to this. But instead, I would say, listen to what God did today. This is amazing. And he would hear the testimonies because we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony by we testify to what the word, Jesus, has done in our lives. And he wanted that for himself, to taste and see that the Lord is good. So we talk to others about Jesus, what he's done in our lives. We are just constantly focusing our thoughts on, our, on his love for us personally and so we get the circumstances under our feet where they belong. We live out of that relationship of being joined and united with Christ. And the Lord brought back to my remembrance a, um, a story of this example. You know, Jesus said that we're to be childlike in faith, meaning total trusting and believing. And we can learn so much from our children. And this was in 2011, so again, pivotal year for us. Um, we, I was driving my children, we were out in Colorado and I was driving my sons to school. And we had the Christian radio on and the announcer was announcing the local Christian school. 
and my son Ryan said, hey mom, is that Julian's school that he goes to? And I said, yeah, it is. And he said, you know mom, Christian, turn it around. I'm driving, I'm thinking, Christian, turn it around. I said, what do you mean? He said, Christian, turn it around. And mentally I'm trying to figure this out and he says, in Christ, that's how we're to live. We're to live out of our union with Christ in us, the hope of glory. And I see my beautiful friend Lisa here. We've only known each other less than six months, but in November, her heart's cry was to understand the love of God for her. And she had listened to a message and she said, can we meet for lunch? And it was just, remember I talked about falling in love, right? And you're just, <gasps> she was just googly eyes for what she was understanding from the word and getting an understanding of God's love for her. And as we have progressed in this and to see transformation in her life and her family's life has been such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And even this week, if you don't think it even gets better, it's, how much better does it get? It just keeps going. And she texted me on Tuesday, just so filled with the love of Jesus that overwhelming her to tears and just bursting with his love. That's what he wants for us. So go to the second part of that. It says God's response, therefore. So whenever we see a therefore, we need to know what it's there for. Therefore, this is the, that, uh, whoops, hold on a second here. Because he knows, okay, excuse me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he knows and understands my name. He has personal knowledge of my mercy, love, and kindness trusts and relies on me, knowing I will never forsake him. No, never. For the sake of time, I'm just going to move on to the next verse. Verse 15. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. You know, what's interesting with Psalm 91 what is our emergency phone number that we call if we need help? 911. God is saying in Psalm 91, verse 1, that's who we call upon. He is our help, our ever-present need in time of danger. Whenever we're being distressed, any type of trouble, we call upon him. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call upon me and I will show you great, I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things you do not know. The wisdom that we need to walk daily in this life, God has for us. But we have to do our part and call upon him and ask him. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. But that's our part. So it's like a dance. There's a, his part and our part. There's that response. And that's what I love about this psalm is it's our response but his response. And then the sixth verse, or excuse me, verse 16. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. 
And that long life is talking not just about quality of life, but it's talking about quantity, the number of days, quantity of life too, that we will be satisfied with. And I want to, for the sake of time, jump into that word salvation. Because we think often salvation means, oh, my sins are forgiven, so I'm going to heaven. But my question is, if Jesus said in John 10.10 that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he has given us life, but he has come to give us life and life in abundance, that's not just in heaven because, well, first of all, there's no devil in heaven. So he's talking about here and now. There's a quality and quantity of living here right now for you to receive. In salvation, the word in Hebrew means Yeshua. And that means, and it's on your handout, just so you know, so you don't have to write all this down. It's talking about the salvation, which is by God, help, deliverance, health. So healing, as we were singing about today, healing is yours. Welfare, prosperity, to save, saving health, preserved, kept safe and sound, victory. Jesus is our victory. That's the definition of salvation, but it's also the name of Jesus. Jesus' name in the Hebrew is Yeshua. Salvation is the person of Jesus as well. He's the way, the truth, and the life. So this is the fifth hidden name in the Psalms. And Yahweh is our covenant-keeping God, so he promised here in the Old Covenant to show us his salvation. And he fulfilled that with the life of Jesus. So if he has promised something to you, be rest assured he is a covenant-keeping God. God's love for you is unconditional. He did not spare his own son. He kept his promise. And you just have to believe on Jesus. And if you have never made the decision to believe on Jesus, to make him your own personal Lord and Savior, I would love to pray with you afterwards personally. So I just want you to know that everything he has for you is in abundance and he wants you to take it. Do you know that when Jesus came to reveal, or Jesus came on earth, do you know that he came to reveal only one name? And that name is Abba, Father. He was shifting the focus to the closeness and intimacy of family, to be sons and daughters. See, God doesn't have any grandchildren or nieces or nephews. He only has sons and daughters. In Mark 14, 36, Jesus said, Abba, Father. And then in Romans 8, 15, Paul is saying, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption by whereby we call out, Abba, Father. Galatians 4, 6 says, and because you are sons or daughters, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts crying, Abba, Father. So in closing, Psalm 91 is the certainty of the heavenly father's love for you, for us, and the promises of his word to guard and encourage our hearts every day. The question for you is, 
Will you call upon God and give him permission to show you how much he loves you? Will you open your heart to him completely to receive the depth? You know, Ephesians 3 says that we're to be rooted and grounded and established in how high and tall and wide and deep is the Father's love for us. The Father delights in you. You are his pearl of great price. So I just want to close in prayer. Hmm, Father God, we thank you that we rest in, in the peace of your secret place of the Most High God. We come under the wings of your divine protection, positioned and united in Christ, free from all fear. We abide in you, Jesus, and we thank you for your blood that you shed for us so we can experience a deep and intimate relationship of a life kind or lifestyle that you determined for us. Father God, we have confidence in the certainty of your unconditional love and the promises in your word, which guard and strengthen and encourage our hearts. We thank you that you are a covenant-keeping God, and when we call upon you, you answer us and you help us. We acknowledge you, Holy Spirit, as our helper, our teacher, our counselor, our advocate. You teach us and lead us into all truth. And we glorify your name, Jesus. You are Lord. And we thank you for your offer of salvation that we freely receive. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you. Now we have discussion questions at your table. Uh, those are for you to take home. And um, next week we have such a treat. So come back next week because there's going to be a time for you to really have personal ministry in receiving God's love. And um, there's, more, there's more of a treat next week as well. So thank you.